Welcome back to episode 140 of the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer. This is Sana Wanna, director of content development. Uh, this is Lorraine Sink, host of the Marvel Minute and Thwip, the big Marvel show. Woo! And I'm Christina Harrington. I'm an assistant editor. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Welcome back, Christina. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's very exciting. Thank you for asking me to be here. We dragged her out of the host of what? how many books that she has to go this, oh, have to go this week. It's kind of crazy. It's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk is. about that. <laughs> this is a safe space. Good. Good. This is a safe All space. Right. Exactly. So this today, we're sort of continuing our Women's History Month special. Uh, last week we had uh, an, uh, a huge podcast with Trina Robbins and Greg Young from the Bowery Boys join us. And it was, originally this was all going to be one giant podcast, but then our interviews with Trina and Greg were so long, we didn't want to cut them down. So what we're going to do, we pulled out our little roundtable discussion, and, and I'm going to plop it right here. Uh, and so, you know, we sort of have some additional uh, ladies that worked in comics over the years that we're going to talk about, but also just talking about, you know, I, I'm going to kick it off with... Uh, First and foremost, getting on the phone with Trina and having a conversation with her was one of the most amazing things. There were moments where I was just sitting there, like, silently, like, nodding my head, like, really violently. And I feel like I just want to sit down and have coffee with her all the time. Yeah, I should note that, and I've been doing a plug to Girl Comics for the last, like, like every single time that we talked to anyone in the last couple of, uh, well, last episode, I should say. Um, Girl Comics is an anthology you put, we put together, and a special shout-out to the original Woman of Marvel podcast slash panel member Janine Schaefer, what, what. Um, Jane and we miss you. Um, uh, We put together this anthology where she was the editor, and I, at that point, I think was an assistant editor at the time. My God, it was so long ago. And we put together this anthology, which brought in all of these different female creators uh, across the industry. And at the time, we had, like, no female-led titles. We probably had, like, two female creators working for us. Um, Maybe three, including, like, a colorist or something like that. Uh, It was a very, very different time. I should say that was probably about six years ago. Um, And we really wanted to do it just to, you know you know, shine a light on all of these incredible voices that didn't necessarily, you know, have that kind of attention and to remind people that there are creators out there and that we should give them jobs and read their (laughs) books and, you know, buy their illustrations. Isn't Girl Comics also a shout-out to, like, an old Timely Atlas title? It is. I'm so glad that you bring that (laughs) up, Lorraine. (laughs) That wasn't even a plant. That was real. It wasn't even, no. Um, So I guess, uh, apparently, it's actually a reference to uh, a series back back in the day that first caught the attention uh, or sought the attention of the female marketplace. Um, Atlas Comics, which, by the way, is uh, our Marvel's uh, predecessor, um, published a romance series uh, in the 50s called Girl Comics, which actually ended up becoming something called Girl Confessions. Oh, which, wow. are Girl Comics just Girl Confessions? That's really what it's all about, as we sit in our pajamas and giggle. Yeah, holding, holding That's not how you guys make comics? That's um, so, so basically, it, it actually uh, produced, it was a series of like romance and female central mm-hmm. comics, which actually back in the day, that's what they were. There were a lot of like romance, oh, yeah, teen humor, yeah. Uh, romance comics. Yes, 
Um, and actually, one of the, the, the individuals, one of the illustrators, Ruth Atkinson, who is actually one of the first female creators at Marvel, officially, I should say, um, is she, she actually started out uh, working on Girl Comics. So it's a reference to that. We actually got a lot of flack for calling it Girl Comics, I should say. Really? Make comics like a girl. Yes, people were really mad like about it. it. And, and for us, it was about a, a reference to that old mm-hmm. name, but also saying, what's wrong with making comics like a girl? Right? Well, I think it's so funny, too, because... Like, I've been doing a lot of research, actually, about our old, like, timely Atlas days. And some of our longest-running titles for a long time were, like, Millie the Model and and Patsy Walker. Yes. You know, which debuted in, I think, Miss America Comics. Yes. Or Miss America Magazine is what it was called And that was, like, the 40s, I believe. It was. It kicked off, I think, in 1940 exactly with with number one. Mm -hmm. Patsy Walker came in in round number two. And those were, you know, in large part... The, com- the comics of the time, and I don't think they were quite so gendered at that. T- I mean, they were very gendered, but I think comics were not gendered as a concept. You yes. know, I think it was like, yeah, there are these comics that are targeted at women, there are these that are maybe targeted at men, and maybe for both, you know. Also, kids, I, I think it's interesting because I think marketing as an industry has targeted genders more and more because it sells twice as many toys. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in this day, it was kind of like toys were toys. Yeah. And you just picked up what was on the floor and then you played with it as long as it was a toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Or maybe not a toy. Well, I should, I should say Patsy Walker was also created by Ruth Atkinson. So this, yes. this is a woman that people don't really know much about and she's had such an impact on, on Marvel and sort of the history of comics. So that's one of the spotlights that we featured within Girl Comics. So we have a collection of stories um, and at the same time uh, we have these uh, spotlights that are interspersed between all of the different stories. So if you want a little bit more history about you know all of the women who've worked in Marvel, um, Check those. Check, check out Girl Comics, uh, the the collected edition, which is a beautiful hardcover, um, and, and you can learn a little bit more about Ruth, which Lorraine already knows about. Because <laughs> I guess she's a little encyclopedia. Uh, well, yeah. it's kind of my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, like one of the things that Trina says in the, po- the we, we 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 mentioned the thing of like how people don't know women work in comics, and she goes, "Are people still saying?" <laughs> but I think it's so important that, you know, we look at these, these we look back at and talk to these historians, that women have been working in the comics, even predecessor to what we know as comics, comic strips, mm-hmm. since oh, the yeah. beginning of time. Yeah, the whole, I mean, it's interesting, because I was actually looking for who, who was the first, like, Marvel talent, mm-hmm. and... You can't really find it because the bullpen existed, and the bullpen was full of women who did comic strips, who did art, who did... And two, our really old comics are in the style of old magazines, which were a mixture of, like, photographs and and comic strips, and women were a large part of the bullpen, and it wasn't in any... I mean, because superhero comics started to really kick off in the 60s, and so really in the early days... It was very a very shared space. There were yeah. so many different genres, and there were so many different yeah. stories being told. We had like horror comics happening at the time, but also on the opposite end of that spectrum, like romance comics. Oh, yeah. But then once the Comics Code Authority happened and sort of shut down a lot of the kind of risque stuff that not even like horror was doing, these super, like superheroes kind of like rushed in to fill this vacuum that was suddenly created. Totally. And like Trina talks about this in her in her interview too, which also you guys so jealous you got to talk to her. Yeah, so <laughs> what the heck? Um, she seems like the coolest person alive. Um, but yeah, so she talks about this too, how uh, they started to market comics more directly at, at right. guys, and the guys because their superhero teams were full of like male superheroes, and so there were there's less of a budget for those romance comics and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see a resurgence in romance comics. Like I would read the hell out of that. Hey, I would guess love what? it. You're an editor. Maybe I know. you should start pitching them. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, so ready. I mean, too, it, some of the. F- 
the most fun things, like when we had Secret Wars and we got to get that uh, Miss Marvel, oh, yeah. Robbie Reyes kind of throwback to romance comics was mm-hmm. so fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, and Emily Shaw, Emily Shaw, uh, uh, a an editor, woman here, of Marvel, editor. yeah, a uh, podcast member as well. Yeah, yeah. she put that together. It was great. It was Secret Wars, Secret Love. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I loved that so much. Oh yeah, that was a great cover too, right? It was yes. like the best. Marvel is in like a woe is me. Yeah, like, yeah, like a Liechtenstein painting. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That yes. was that oh. was fantastic. Um, also, I should say, you know, speaking of sort of people not knowing about, you know, female creators back in the day, there's this um, interesting book that uh, Stanley wrote in 1947 called Secrets of the Comics. There is a the before the comics. The so secrets of the comics. Like your mom said it. Like oh, your the mom. comics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, um, and it's all just about, like, the how-tos, how to make a comic book, mm-hmm. like, his experience of, of making Marvel comics. And um, when we were doing our research of, like, who was working back in the industry, we saw there was, like, this little um, sort of drawing of shout-out to someone who was in the bullpen at the time, and it was a really cute drawing of uh, this woman named Valerie Barclay. Um, and Valerie was one of, I guess, the first inkers also working in the bullpen at the time. And just sort of a small reminder, and there was no, like, hey, by the way, here's our gal pal, like, pointing <laughs> out the fact that she was a woman working in the industry, but she was sort of just there and existing. Um, and there's probably so many more women who kind of came and went. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the interesting thing about Trina's conversation was her referencing the fact that uh, the, that there were women who were wanting to work in the fashion industry and sort of this was a segue to that, you know, and them kind of move shifting from, you know, having a career in the fashion industry and saying, oh, okay, maybe I actually can have a career in, in comics illustration. Um, so I thought that was uh, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, it's actually interesting, too, because I know in some of the very early days before the bullpen was, like, fully created that they would also outsource a lot of art and things, and those were just, like, teams of of ladies and people that were, you know, just working in the industry that would fill out all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really one of the things that I I gravitated towards uh, in the the conversation you guys had with with Trina was her talking about how if you don't get written about, you get forgotten. And, like, that, like, struck a chord. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's, that's entirely what this is. So I'm really, I'm really grateful that there's a there's a resurgence in comics historians to kind of like look back and see, like really in the early days who was there and to celebrate the women that were there because women have always been here. Women have always told comic stories. Women have always read comic stories. Girls have always read comic stories. Like and to pretend like that's not the case or to not write about those people is a real disservice to the whole medium and like a history of the medium, which I think is fascinating. So I have a question for you guys. So we we say this a lot about how you know women have always been here. Women are interested in comics and of course the reality is yes but then there was about 50 years where like no one was really paying attention to that we weren't catering content we weren't making content for women and of course as we kind of like to beat on the head here at Women Marvel we say oh but the last seven years we've had (laughs) such an evolution and like (laughs) we have 23 female led titles and the amount of times I've said that in my life in the last like couple of years has been kind of insane Mm -hmm. but like you know there is this the reality is our, our the way that we present our content has shifted we're able to do things like Pat Walker, Hellcat, we're able to do things like Captain Marvel or Kate Bishop series mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I do think that's helped us. Um, but what do you think makes sort of a female-friendly co- uh, comic, or is that just, you know, are we in some sense kind of stereotyping ourselves by saying, we need female-led characters, we need, you know, prettier colors, yeah, you know, we yeah. need high sense of fashion. Like what, what are, I mean, those are things I do, I want. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But what, well, do you think that there is 
something generally that that you know female audiences are looking for if mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. kind of limiting ourselves by thinking that way. I don't know. I mean, I think everyone wants to see themselves on the page, and that's why it's yeah. important to be kind of intersectional, to represent different kinds of people, because you can have, like... I am a tall, white, red-haired woman, and there are a lot of me in comics, and that was one of the reasons why it was kind of easy for me to associate, because I'm like, Jean Grey, that's me, like, mm-hmm. in my mind, anyway. Oh, uh, my God, yeah, you right? are Jean Grey. <laughs> Mary Jane, yeah. also me, Spider-Man oh, was my boyfriend growing up. But, you know, like, it's really easy for and me. there's so few redheads in the world, too. I know, <laughs> that's the strangest part. Redheads, like, dying out. Like, so many so Marvel weird. comics. <laughs> Sorry, continue. But, so, anyways, it's really easy for me to be like, oh, yeah, I see my myself in these comics because I literally see people who look like me in, in these comics but I think it's really important to have representation because it's just so much easier uh, to, to associate with it and th- there's something that always sticks in my head that Kelly Sue said I don't even think I worked for Marvel at this time I think I was just at a Women of Marvel panel uh, where Kelly Sue was talking about how women grow up reading books about men and we have a different way of putting ourselves into any story it doesn't matter like if it's a if it's a male protagonist necessarily because we're we've been taught our whole life that like there's this like kind of default male story yeah, yeah. Right. but i think that world is shifting and changing and people do want to see themselves on the pages so i i don't know i think representation is is truly important and you know, you don't have to necessarily be that thing like, I can read a, a story about Miss Marvel and I'm not a teenager from New Jersey who happens to be Muslim, but like I can also really love her story. So I think it's, it's they're both important, right? Yeah. Um, so we talk about this often as assistants. We sit down and we talk about the types of stories that we read when we were younger and the types of stories that we want other people to read. So I think it's... Um, I find it really difficult to look at any story and be like, oh, yeah, this is just for ladies. Because, like, I wouldn't want to just market one section of the readership. I would want everybody reading it. But I think you're right. It starts with representation, getting people to look at your book and to read it because they want to connect with that character. And so seeing themselves in that character really helped. But on the other side of that, my favorite character growing up was Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Short, stubby dude who smokes a lot and was, like, really mean. There wasn't any of me in there at all. Um, But something about that really appealed to me. Maybe it was aspirational for you. Yeah, maybe it was. <laughs> thank you, Sonna. Work, Thank on you that. Work on that body hair. Done. Um, Just but, stop waxing. Yeah. <laughs> on my way. Stop on my showering way. also. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that um, but I think that that being young women, when we read books, we have this way of being empathetic with characters that maybe young men don't because there are so many of those characters for them to appeal to that they right. see themselves in so many of those people. And I kind of want young men and young young boys to have that same experience that I had, was reading about a character that I didn't have anything in common with, and yet how being sympathetic to that character and rooting for that character, like Peter Parker. I, I'm nothing like Peter Parker, but I, I love him and I can see myself in him even though I'm not a dude or and I'm not a scientist and all this other stuff so finding that sort of that other angle for like yeah for like this story about a woman like Captain Marvel I think Captain Marvel is a great book and should appeal to anybody because it's about this strong woman who punches stuff yes but also like has close female connections and things like that and I don't know if that should be just for women I think that should be for everybody it's a hard question it's a really hard question and you want boys to read a Captain Marvel book yeah. and be a, a yeah, 14 and year old boy too. and say yeah. like oh I'm, I might not be like a 30 something woman but I can associate with her struggles in her life and yeah. her uh, women her relationships with other women that are her friends and things I, yeah. I think that's an important experience but I think also like society is 
changing, right? Like now there's a dialogue around the fact that we have to have the intention of looking at content and saying, hey, I might not necessarily be, you know, I'm a man and that's a story about a woman and just being open about that and sort of as parents a lot of times now Mm -hmm. we're kind of giving different kinds of content to our kids to make them less aware of sort of gender differences and things like that. You know, so I do think society has been a part of it. You know, I'm wondering sort of intrinsically like, you know, what we are drawn to as a man, woman, or a person who's transgender, what what have you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think for my experiences... You know, I naturally always gravitated to female content, right? I read Mm -hmm. Jane Austen growing up. You know, Elizabeth Bennet was my boo. Like, those kinds of things. (laughs) Like, Babysitter Club, uh, Boxcar Kids. Like, always gravitated Mm -hmm. towards, Mm -hmm. like, the female characters. It was just what I was into. Um, Granted, loved Gambit so much. That was definitely my... But he was, like, my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) See, Spider-Man. Agree. My boyfriend. There you go. Um, But also loved Spider-Man. So there, there was definitely... And I think that speaks to just sort of... You know the higher quality. Like, what are those qualities? Yeah, universal. What are that, universal storytelling right, qualities that yeah. people are are looking towards? Mm-hmm. I think there's the qualities, and then there's like the rendering of the story, yeah. and how yeah. you know if there are sp- specific rendering techniques that people like. Um, but to just to sort of speak to the fact that I did love you know female led content, but also everything I read was like about a white woman. Mm-hmm. Everyone was white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone yeah. was white. And so, and I didn't realize like... Until 1970, in fact. Until 70, in, yes. in, in Marvel Comics. In, yes, yeah. and that was what, Storm? No. Uh, Monica Lynn. Monica, wow, okay. Monica Lynn. Great history. Uh, <laughs> Avengers, <laughs> either 73 or 83, I can't remember, uh, but she's a, a love interest to Black Panther. So, yeah, so that, and I wasn't reading comics for me to, like, so voraciously for me to actually be aware of a Monica Lynn or whatever. I think my yeah. first connection to, like, a diverse Marvel character was Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, She's the first superhero, She was the first, yeah. So, so for me, like, there, I'm so used to looking out at the world and being like, okay, cool, that's just a white character, whatever, and mm-hmm. not understanding how much that actually internalized like my own sort of self perception or anything, and I've talked a lot about this before, but I do think that that's you know we're so a, a lot of minorities have become so used to just kind of being okay with it, being like okay that's not me, but I'm going to connect and I relate mm-hmm, to that mm-hmm, character, mm-hmm. and we're so used to kind of not thinking about race, even though we are so aware of race all the time. Um, so it's very interesting to me. So. Well, now when there's like a lot of people being like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nothing like Monica Rambeau, but I connect to Monica Rambeau. I feel like people are having those conversations yeah. that as a minority, I've been sort of having that conversation with myself for such a long time yeah. and looking at sort of the qualities of those characters like. Peter Parker, for example, you know, that the 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 question I got from our journalist was like, why do you connect with Peter Parker? He's a white guy. And I'm like, no, because, <laughs> because he's an awkward teenager. Yeah. He's trying to figure himself out. Just doing his best. Well, and I think that's what's important. Not that we shouldn't not put more woman characters mm-hmm. in or diverse characters, mm-hmm. but that you, as a woman, you don't necessarily need to read a book with a woman as the lead title. Yes. You know, I think what the core, what I look for is what are the side characters or the additional characters in the book and how important they are? Like, how are they treated by said male character? And I think that's probably why, like, the X-Men growing up were so important to me and watching a little bit of DC uh, was 
The, I don't. I don't acknowledge. That I don't acknowledge. I've never heard word? of this no, thing. Was that, was that the was that the female characters that were the side characters were always treated with somewhat like you look at like you know uh, in Gambit and Rogue. Rogue mm-hmm. is like a fierce woman with a fabulous accent. Yes, <laughs> but like I think that that's important. I think that you know we don't need to necessarily typecast women to only read woman female led books. We don't need to typecast you know. It's uh, almost Muslim as if car- women are everywhere. Miss Marvel. <laughs> What? No it, way. Yeah. It's almost like what? Women are everywhere. That we're it's m- weird. That there's more of us on the planet than men. <laughs> yes. What, what, I love that statistic. What, what, what is the statistic? Are we like 52% or something? Yeah, we're yeah. like, yeah. we win. Well, there are just more <laughs> X chromosomes that, floating around, you know? I'm hoping that means that there's more gay men, too, so that, like, oh, totally. <laughs> it doesn't. So it balances out. So it's just least, a, like, we can find men. We're planning marry. a revolt, you guys. <laughs> just kidding. For, sorry, us single ladies. Single, single straight ladies, I should say. I can't speak for everyone at the table. <laughs> and I think what it, what it comes down to is that, um, like, the second that I start seeing a woman being treated in, like, a stereotypical way, or I'm afraid we're headed towards, like, fridging territory, I start mm. getting really mad. So, like, the, the story that I'm reading doesn't have to have, like, a, a main female lead, but you're right, like, like those people need to be treated like people. They need to be treated like three-dimensional characters, and that just boils down to the writing. You have to write women like people. You can't write women like they're just stand-in or they're anybody, and that applies to everything and anything. You have to write all of your characters like they're people, not just your straight, white, cis male leads. Can't do it. Well, I, I think that's interesting, because as you, as you all have been talking, like, what what is so wonderful about Peter Parker, and also is so wonderful about, like, Miss Marvel? They have incredible strength and incredible vulnerability Mm -hmm. and you know I think there are a lot there were the old days like the fridging days of like oh I'm a a woman I don't know how to deal with my feelings if someone could save me that would be great you know (laughs) and I think that's what's so beautiful that I see in our new female titles is you have these people with the emotional complexity to be like I am both incredibly powerful and incredibly broken or or Mm -hmm. I have these insecurities even though I can punch through a wall you know and to deal with all of those human emotions that aren't solved by having superpowers yeah yeah We're going to take a short pause uh, from the podcast to talk to you a little bit about Loot Crate. So Loot Crate has assembled the Marvel gear and goods crate for the ultimate Marvel fan. Um, This crate's going to feature official Marvel items like collectible home goods, apparel, and more every other month. Uh, We've talked about this stuff before, and we really love it. It's all over our uh, desks here at Marvel. So their next box is really exciting. Um, So you just stop Thanos from undoing reality again, and Nova Prime is probably going to spend weeks on the paper work alone. So here's an affinity gem of an idea. Let's kick off the space boots and head to the backyard and have a cosmic party. We're inviting a motley crew of galactic greets and they're bringing essential party items featuring the Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel herself and the Nova Corps. Uh, I actually know what the Captain Marvel item is, but I have to keep it mums the word, but you definitely want it. Um, But remember, you only have until 9 p.m. Pacific on May 15th to subscribe. So head over to LootCrate.com slash Marvel Gear and use promo code MarvelWoman to save $3 on your subscription today. Uh, If you guys want to check out what the first item of the box is, which is a geeky tiki of Yandu himself, head over to Thwip uh, at Marvel's YouTube and you can check out. uh, We made some fun mocktails with it. Um, So while you're listening to this podcast, head over to LootCrate.com slash Marvel gear um 
you know, so to, to Christina's point about, uh, and this is something that I've sort of kind of struggled with, I feel like our creators in general at Marvel specifically, because we work at Marvel, and I think maybe it's changing across the board at that other company um, <laughs> that we do not name. Uh, I do think Marvel has done a really good job of having creators and creator voices and our, our dude creators, so I like to refer to them as, um, of being cognizant of that, mm-hmm. of being cognizant oh, yeah. of fridging, of being cognizant of how we're portraying our women. And, you know, and there's only so much men can do because there's some things that they just don't see yes, yes. that we're going to be able to highlight. And I find that, you know, you know, you, you were talking about, like, being mad and being like, ah, I can't handle it. But it's, you know, sometimes it can be a little difficult because we're constantly, you know, being a female voice in a male-dominated industry. Yes. What's hard <laughs> is to be able to make your point and not always be making the woman point. Yes, 100%. Know? To have when yeah. your voice is in the room not be the only thing you're talking about. And yet at the same time, you're usually the only woman in the room. So you feel like you have to make that point. Yes. And you have to be like, yeah, but just don't do this with that character, please. Yeah, like, yeah. Please. Or like, you're doing this and I don't think you realize you're doing that. So it's, it's hard to, you have to figure out how to communicate that in such a way that, that, uh, it doesn't just make you, like, the, the token female voice in the room. Um, but I feel very much yeah. like it's my responsibility to speak to those kinds of things. I just also hope I get the chance to speak to other aspects of the story and get taken seriously on those fronts as well. Yeah, and I think and I think we do, I think Marvel does a good job, at least, about, about doing that, kind of taking all of our, our creators seriously and mm-hmm. understanding they all have valid points to make. But that is the thing that I tend to, I, I notice as being like, oh, shoot, am I, gonna, am, I, yeah. am I making the woman point again? Am I making the brown mm-hmm. person point again? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I'm, I do it anyway, mm-hmm. and then people are going to refer to me as sort of, you know, if they refer to me as, like, the token brown woman, that's fine. I am the token brown woman. I'm the only one. <laughs> so I, I wear that there is, you know, great responsibility with my great power. But I just <laughs> you, you are the, uh, the, the Spider-Man you, of brown women. Or the token international party girl. I really, I really. <laughs> That's not supposed to be public. No, I told Dan I'd say it on a podcast. There it is. <laughs> Dan Buckley, president of Marvel Entertainment, walks into executive meetings where, yes, correct, I am the woman. And he'd be like, hey, what's up, party girl? Because <laughs> I do like to party. And you are fun. And I'm fun. And I'm great. He means it very endearingly. I feel like there's going to be people who are going to take him the wrong way. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's I think it's very important to say what we need to say, and and that's what I always say. This is my soapbox. This podcast is my soapbox, and I'm very honored to be a woman on this podcast and to be able to to bring topics to light that I think are very important, like like showcasing these important women that came before us that may not necessarily had their name written in lights, and I think that that's very important. Yeah, and I think that we should be really proud of how far we've come and all the accomplishments that we've made, like from girl comics to the amazing girl creators and voices that we have uh, in front of us all around me right now and um, all throughout the office, and we actually have a lot more female female editors, a lot more, um, you know, just female staff members uh, at Marvel across the board. And that's really what we try, we try to highlight. Um, Because we start normalizing this and people will start realizing they're actually welcome, that we're working very hard to make sure that we are uh, representing all of you guys. And, you know, for those of you guys out there, if there are certain topics um, and certain issues that you want to talk about, you have questions about certain characters or books, please let us know. I mean, we are here for you. As we've said many, many times, 
we do not get paid for this. We do this because we love it and because we want to remind um, all of our audiences out there that uh, there is a very uh, a safe space for all of you um, and that we just want you to come and join the great celebration that is the women of Marvel uh, and to continue to spread the love. We still need you guys to buy our comics, buy our content, so we can continue to produce content that is for everyone um this is something that i have been saying for the last seven years buy one comic and then actually Mm -hmm. go back and buy two more and give it to your buddies so we can spread um the comics love that is definitely something that uh we we consistently need your support on yeah put put uh female-led titles if if that's what you want uh put them in your pull list because pull lists count and if you don't know how to do a pull list walk into your comic book store and say i'd like to create a pull list please and then they'll be very nice about helping you figure out how to do that. And and I'm going to say sort of a a very blunt thing that maybe I should not be saying uh, right now, but I'm going to be blunt. Um, You guys are noticing that some of our titles are getting canceled, that um, we can't hit certain numbers, uh, we can't get certain issues that you guys might love out further, further along, um, and that really just comes down to finances. You know, we are a comics publishing company. We only make, you know, and sort of on our comic side, we make a certain amount of money, and um, we have to be realistic of what we can actually uh, financially support. So, um, again... uh, Definitely, if if there is content that you like out there, let us know. But support that content. Go into your comic shops. Talk to your the the comics retailers. These guys, um, I've said before, these are mom and pop shops. They have been working in the industry for so long because they love it. Um, they are not out to take away your female comics or female characters. They just need to make money. So um, if you guys want that that kind of content out there, make sure you're supporting them and have conversations with them as to what they're looking for because that's really how it starts. They know that you're out there, then they'll start ordering for you, and we can continue to have that content. It is uh, sort of, you know, uh, we're inter- we're all interconnected here. Um, so please just be wary of that when you're getting mad that certain books are getting canceled. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, too, you know, if you are somebody who likes comics, maybe you're a little intimidated by going to your local comic shop. You can always look up the Valkyries, which are a bunch of women who work in comics and who own comic shops. And you can go to one of their shops and they will be extremely friendly and welcoming so that you don't have to have an intimidating experience if that's a concern. Yeah, and I know a bunch of them do sort of like events um, throughout the year. Uh, There's one I think in Honolulu that does a uh, woman of the month or woman like they, they invite women to do talks and creators and stuff like that. So you know, reach out and, and see because they all these comic shops they have stuff going on. They got signings, they have book talks, and also look to your local bookstores. You never know who's going to be coming through. I know that Margaret Stoll's on tour right now for one of her books. So, and and those are going to be the people that are going to help, are going to transfer over to this world, like Margie. Yes, mm-hmm. Margie. By the way, um, you know we've we've said this before. We have a whole line of young adult books and middle grade books that is a great entry point into the Marvel universe if people are uncomfortable reading comics. So Margie's done the Black Widow series. We just had the Squirrel Girl middle grade book by Shannon and Dean Hale, which is adorable. It's so good. We also have the Iron Man series. The Iron Man. Yes, there's an Iron Man uh, middle grade book. We have Miles Morales uh, coming out by oh. Jason Reynolds. Um, I believe it's coming out in August. Um, so just a lot of great stuff. We'll be promoting this at uh, New York Comic Cons and conventions. Um, a, New York Comic Con this year, and then hopefully San Diego uh, Comic Con as well. So um, just uh, there's a lot going out there for every kind of fan. But publishing, it all starts in publishing, guys. <laughs> so support us. I know you guys all know about the movies. We the think tank. Yeah. But, I mean, I do think, you know, 
in, in no official compa- capacity am I saying th- anything, but, you know, the comics that we write often show up in films. Yeah. And this is the breeding ground for where a lot of inspiration comes for film and TV. And mm-hmm. and this is the source, right, uh, is comics. So if you want more stuff like that, support female comics because it is a feeder place where other things go. Yeah, know? I have to say, uh, speaking of sort of comics-inspiring television, film, and stuff, uh, Runaways. <gasps> My favorite. I'm so is coming excited. Out. I love Runaways. And I haven't, I, I don't think I've read Runaways in about 10 years. When did it come out? 2004-ish? Yeah, so I don't think I've read it in about 10 years. Um, and I saw a snippet of the first episode. Oh my god, I'm so yesterday. jealous. Shh, I shouldn't be telling people. Oh my but god. Yes. First you talk to Trina. Then I know. Run away I know. Show. <laughs> Come on. It's her. I know. Here. First, you're going to be in the closet today. First, you're going to be sitting at her desk like this. We're supposed to support other women here, guys. <laughs> I mean, we will really tear great. you apart it's until awesome. you show us this clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually Dan, Dan Buckley got, got, gave me a little sneak peek over his shoulder because he was so. It's really cute when Dan Buckley, president of Marvel Entertainment, geeks out about the work that we do because he's definitely just a geek. Um, But he was geeking out about Runaways and how good it was, and I I saw a few minutes, and it's actually so good. Those, like, the the cast that they chose is so great. If you love the original comics, um, it's so true to the comics, but it's its own thing. Um, I'm, I'm just so happy. And then I went back and I started reading the old comics again, and I have it obviously on my shelf and stuff, and it was just so, I mean, it brought back such great memories of, like, me falling in love with superhero comics for the first time and everything, so um, check that out. There's definitely, we we have a a special thing going on in comics publishing, and if you read the comics first, you'll be in the know. Yeah, yeah. Um, two, I feel like read comics because if you do love the movies or or TV, there are so many Easter eggs for us. Yes, yeah. you know it is such an enjoyable thing. Like one of my favorite things when Marvel's Agents of Shield came out, it was one of our first TV shows. I mean, really, mm-hmm. now we have a million, but that was our first. <laughs> and watching that pilot, I was like. Okay, there's an Easter egg, there's an Easter egg, mm-hmm. there's an Easter egg, there's an Easter egg. It's like journey into mystery. Ding. Yeah. You know, this, ding. And it that is such a fun, enjoyable thing to to get to have. I don't know, it's yeah. the best. Plus, uh, you know, it should be noted that the the comics come out either at least once a month or more than that. And uh, the movies that we got like what, like one or two a year? So come on, like this is the place to go if you mm-hmm. really love these characters. You're getting so much story so often. Um, and there's so many other worlds that you can then branch off into and really explore. Like if you love Clint Barton, then you know you get to explore who, who Kate Bishop is. And we haven't seen her anywhere yet and on big screen or on TV. So you're like you're just, you know, ground floor stuff. And it's it's really fun. The Easter eggs are fun, but also just getting that continuous story is is really great. It's what makes comics so unique. And speaking of Kate Bishop, there is a series. <laughs> Thank you for that plug, Christina. Oh no worries. Uh, uh, this wasn't <laughs> planned at all. <laughs> uh, Kate Bishop, a Hawkeye series by Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero. I don't often say this, but I it is one of I think one of the best books that I've it is worked excellent. on. It is, it is good. so good. It is so fantastic, guys. You need to go read it. Um, I, I feel like it's been overshadowed by all the other Hawkeye stories, and um, we've gotten such great reviews. So so check that out. And then another plug, which we always like to do, to Marvel Comics Unlimited. Yeah, the best. Oh, yeah. The best. For those of you who are trying to get back into comics or 
comics for the first time, it's a great p- resource for just everything that we have um, published over the years. Uh, we're, I think it's six months. It's backdated about six months, right? It's backdated six months, and we're over 21,000, 23,000? Yeah. Something insane number up there. I mean, you could basically read almost the whole Marvel library from the 60s, or even before that, mm-hmm. uh, up until six months ago. It's crazy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, if only we had that much time to do that. I wish, yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. I, I just, spend most of my life on Marvel. I feel Unlimited. like when I first started working here, when we only had like 5,000 comics, I definitely read most of them. Now I'm like, oh, God, this is just such a different world. Yeah. Give me the bullet points. Give me the bullet points. Yeah, quick. Obviously, this app is available on Android or um, or iPhone or iOS. Uh, and then if you you know if you want day and date, you can get the Marvel um, Digital Comics app, which allows you to buy the comic day and date. And for most people who are buying $3.99 comics and up, you get a free code in the back of your book. So you can just slide that comic right into your app. Yeah, and also, Marvel Unlimited is so cheap. Like, it blows my mind. This isn't even me, like, trying to sell anyone on anything. It blows my mind. I can't remember what the fee is, but it's not a crazy amount. It's thousands of comics. Like, if you're like, oh, man, I've always wanted to read uh, this series, or, like, I would love to read all of the original Avengers comics, like, all of the first 200. Like, you can sit down and do that without paying anything. I spend so much money yeah. on, like, Comixology or Amazon or wherever. It's just crazy. Like, do yourself a favor. If you spend, like, 20 to 50 bucks a month, or not a month, but, like, a year on comics, you should just get Marvel Unlimited. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to read Fantastic Four number one or books that are $100,000 to buy, you just go online and buy it. Yes. Can't find back issues. Yeah. Jessica Jones' Alias series. When you get caught up on Daredevil, Frank Miller series. Like, there's just so much out there that... Um, that all of our content now, like with television, is referencing, and you can uh, go look it up, and it's it's quite easy, and you don't have to worry about your shelves and your little apartments, at least my little apartment, oh, yeah. being filled with comics to the brim. So, um, anything else, guys? Like, what do we? You know, I feel like we've covered a lot here. Mm. Any other thoughts and feelings and opinions that you just want to get out into the world? I like like unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just going to plug this video that I have been working on for the last uh, couple of weeks, which is, you can find it on the Marvel YouTube, uh, probably, by the time this comes out, it will be out. Um, But it's basically a a quick review of, like, some of our female firsts uh, for a lot of our characters. So, like, the first woman who did this, the first woman who did this, like, the first director of S.H.I.E.L.D. who was a woman, the first woman of color to be in Marvel Comics. All of that kind of stuff is there. Uh, And it was really fun to research. Uh, So check it out. Sounds great. Yeah, it's really fun. And it was really hard to find because a lot of those things aren't well documented. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that was research. That's awesome. I yeah. wanna I wanna check that out. Yeah, you're doing the great. thing that Trina talked about. Yeah. You gotta write about these things so people know about them. You yeah. Future yeah. Trina Robbins. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me get my time machine and I will let you know. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I also wanna give uh, a special shout out to the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it. What's up, Middle East? I know you're getting a lot of crap right now. Uh, I was actually just there uh, for an Emirates Literature Festival where I got to talk about comics uh, in front of very uh, like well-renowned uh, 
authors uh, and creators and voices in the industry. And then they brought Sana Amanath from comics. <laughs> <laughs> so I was the only comics representation there. Um, and I got to sp- speak to uh, a lot of different Emiratis, a lot of different Arabs, people from all over the region. Um, it's one of the most... It, Dubai in general is like such a diverse, diverse place. Um, and it was such an experience to see a bunch of different Marvel fans out there. Lots of new Ms. Marvel fans who just discovered it. We sold out volumes one and two of Ms. Marvel in the whole Emirate, Emirates region. That's so, nuts. Which is kind of nuts because, I mean, granted there was promotions and I was doing these events so people were buying, like, all of the volumes. But that was pretty cool. Um, and then I got to go to uh, IMG Worlds of Adventure where we have a special Marvel land and got to ride on some of the rides. That's cool. Uh, so it was cool. It was really nice to see um, how much people love Marvel outside of, uh, of America and um, that now that we are sort of really, you know, showing more and different and diverse experiences that there's so many more people kind of jumping in on board in unexpected places. Can I ask a question slightly off topic, which is, what was your favorite ride? Because <laughs> I love theme parks. It's, <laughs> it's a sad addiction. So, so this is an excellent question, Lorraine. <laughs> Very deep and intense and philosophical question. It so, is an important month for women. So <laughs> we also like roller coasters. Yes. Um, I, I, will, I will say, like, so they're still developing the Marvel Land, so they have about five rides right now in the Marvel section. Um, I wrote about two of them one of them, because I did, well, one of them I just didn't have time for. The other one I was too afraid to go on um, because I'm a wimp. But there's this one, it's called, I think, the Thor Thunderspin or something like that. And it's basically like the Thor hammer, but you're on this contraption oh, I can see where this that is, is like whipping you around and around. Oh. So basically, the contraption you're on is like, <laughs> give it to me. I'll go. So it's basically like you're, you're sort of like, you know, imagine like a rotisserie, you know, how it's like spins. Mm-hmm. So you're spinning like a rotisserie, but then you're going up and down. Oh, like no. on this axis that's going Did you up end up in another dimension? Because that's what happens when you spin Mjolnir. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that's how people feel while they're on it and when they get off. Because simultaneously, as they're spinning rapidly and hanging upside down, um, there is like this faint smell of uh, curry. Because <laughs> there's an Indian restaurant across the street. So people are like, what's happening? <laughs> so I was told, actually, it was really funny by sort of our franchise lead out there. There. Lovely guy, um, uh, this guy named Shafiq, and uh, he was like, "Don't go on it." He's an older man, but he was so afraid. I've never <laughs> seen him become a little boy so quick because he was so afraid of it. He's like, "No, I just can't do it." So I, I shied away because it just looked um, terrible. It was probably a lot of fun, but it looked like you would pass out on it. Um, so I just did Lost, a cool Hulk ride. Curry. Most one curry. Yeah, I did a cool Hulk, Hulk ride, which was like a 3D ride, but it was also you're moving around in this cool like circular contraption so I will do all of these things yes you will 100% you have to get out to Dubai yeah like I do like you do sometimes yeah well Um, if anyone would like to sponsor the Women of Marvel podcast in Dubai (laughs) we are available hey I'm interested very interested (laughs) they have like two conventions a year they're coming up uh, their Middle East like film and comics convention and then they have an actual comics convention coming out coming up in the fall um, so there's stuff out there. So hey guys, hey people, hey PopCon, Middle East PopCon, if you want to invite us out, <laughs> we'll be uh, there. We're waiting. We'll do an on-site podcast. <laughs> we're gonna wait in this here. room yeah. until you call us <laughs> for six months. <laughs> Side note. 
Uh, one of my favorite panels of, of comics recently, I think it's the backstory for, um, what's her name, from the Baglia uh, crime family, uh, Madam Mask? Uh, whatever you does she have a mask on? No, I don't think oh. it's Madame. I can't remember the character's name right now. Pardon me for blanking. But there's this wonderful thing where they're like explaining her whole backstory, and it's like two pages where it's like just just so you know, this is how she turned out to be a bad person, and um, and it's like somebody breaks up with her, and it's just her sitting by the phone, and it's like when will it ring? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it me. <laughs> I love that. That's 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 how like women become villains. Yeah, yes. I don't call. <laughs> I am one Tinder away from... Or, or they villain broke hood. up with you on text message. Oh, valid. That's, that's, valid. The new, that's the new villain backstory. Yeah, exactly. We become like a, a, a group villain team by like doing being rejected on group Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me and Lorraine hanging out on group Tinder. We guys, all hate us. We're like, forget it! Surprise. <laughs> this is my pitch for romance comics. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Let's get this started. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> Well, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed us uh, uh, roundtabling and talking about things. Uh, if you haven't, um, swing up to episode 140 and listen to our Women's History Month special. We talked to Trina Robbins and uh, Greg Young from the Barbie Bars, and we're, ex- we're hoping to bring him back to do a special breakdown of what the difference between the, uh, the, the Gold Age, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age of comics. So look for that in the future. Uh, I think that's it. Thanks, yeah. ladies, for joining us. And, Thank uh, you. and check out the future comics by Lorraine and me called <laughs> Wrecking Crew. <laughs> Destroying all the men I, who have rejected us. Real talk. <laughs> I am pitching this right now. Female Wrecking Crew. It's new Wrecking it. Crew. Um, but instead of, it's like, you know, the enchanted crowbar is like what makes the Wrecking Crew happen. It's got to be like, I don't know, a, a te- like a cell phone. What do ladies use? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a curling iron. Hairbrushes. It's an enchanted curling <laughs> iron. iron. The, the queen of the Norns. <laughs> Nor- <laughs> she accidentally enchants it. And now we got to mess some B words up. We are. I, I think this is a great idea. Please, uh, it's going to be in the back of one of Christina Harrington's yep, comic books. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Rachel, we're just going to slide it in there. You won't even. Yeah, you, yeah. Neither will my, my senior editors. They won't even notice until it's printed. It's probably uh, not the way to go. The title of Girl Comics. <laughs> We've needed some good villains, okay? So this is a conversation topic. So I think we just did it. Yeah. <laughs> Next editorial retreat. Watch out, Tom Brevoort. We, yeah. we solved comics. We solved, we solved comics. We solved it all. <laughs> Right here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, as always, if you guys have questions or suggestions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel with hashtag woman of marvel. That's it, I think. Great. Thanks for joining us. Yay. Yay. (laughs) And you guys next week, this is Marvel, your universe.